Hey, what up? Hello, everybody. Alex Kapitko here, centered from Reality Podcast. It's Friday, January 26th. I don't even know how the hell that's possible. I uh, I don't... I'm kind of speechless. Almost February. Again, it feels like late March, early April, weather-wise. Everything is all over the place. I was thinking about this on my drive home today. I was like, I, I really like October. Well, I guess that's when my birthday is and Halloween... And I like the holiday season, or the Halloween season. You, you, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so I like to watch Harry Potter, watch some Halloween movies. I don't know. The whole vibe is awesome. And then you get into the holiday season, and everyone's, you know, excess eating, drinking, lots of holiday parties, all of that. And then you just get to January, and I'm kind of longing for 2023 again. But hey, of course that's not possible. So here we are. Anyways, it was a beautiful day. Busy working day, got a quick run in, gonna, I'm gonna go to bed early tonight, I really need to start going to bed earlier, honestly, I, I always write down about 5 to 10 New Year's resolutions, I honestly think going to bed earlier should be the only one I work on, but it's just, I, I work a lot, I run a lot, and I like to do this podcast, and so by the time I do all of that, I also sometimes want to watch a show, for example, catch up on reading, so... Yes. And anyways, today it's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. I actually want to talk about art. There's a piece that basically has been lost for about 100 years and it was found in Vienna and it's worth about $54 million. And I want to talk about that. And also the Washington Principles, which is an international agreement that was designed to return Nazi looted art to the descendants in parts of Europe and wherever else the art was taken from. So I'm actually a huge fan of art, the collection of art, the looting of art, lost pieces of art. So not one of the things I talk about a lot on the podcast, but if you guys like this type of thing, maybe I'll start doing a lighter topic like this on Fridays. We shall see. But anyways, I wanted to start. So was it Monday? I think it was Monday or Tuesday. I talked about how I've lived through so many experiences traveling and working abroad, ephemeral moments, the idea of kind of short-lived experiences that can sometimes be very exciting and you learn a lot and you meet great people, but they're, they're short-lasting and they end. And I was talking about how I'm kind of ready for more of just uh, not going and not moving so much and just stabilizing and settling down and just kind of getting more in a routine and I guess it's mainly because the last year I've kind of just been doing that, a routine. And maybe it's made me think that maybe that's kind of what I like. So anyways, since I ranted about that on the podcast, and this is again, I guess we're doing like Alex's philosophical, psychological rants every few days. But I don't know. I had a nice chat with an older gentleman this morning. Um, I, was, I was at work and he was going out on a ski and he'd kind of known me and we were just talking about this job I'm hoping to get. It might take me overseas to who knows where. And he was asking me if I was ready for kind of moving around a lot and great experiences, interesting job, but maybe finding it hard to settle down and kind of just have that normal adulthood. And I told him, you know, I've done it for a while when I was working and teaching in Spain all my traveling and stuff, living in Chicago and LA and everything. And I, I told him, I've done a lot of this in my life. And I think it's kind of crafted my character. And 
And I, I did tell him, though, I was like, you know, there is something like there is an emptiness that comes with it when you're kind of nomadic and always moving and chasing experiences and opportunities. I, I told him there is an emptiness to that. And sometimes I wonder if I need to find a way to fill that emptiness. Maybe settling down is the way to do it. And he told me something interesting that I've been just kind of thinking about all day. He said, don't fill the emptiness, fill what you want. And it could mean many different things. Sometimes that could even be bad. Like, you know, just fill yourself up with what you want. Be excess, be full of excess, you know, that type of thing. But also maybe it's like, don't chase your need to fix yourself, to fix whatever that emptiness may be. Just keep pursuing and doing what makes you happy. And maybe that that other side will go away. I don't know. But that, that line, don't fill the emptiness, fill what you want, that he said earlier this morning. I was thinking about it on my run. I was thinking about it on the drive. And now I'm thinking about it now. And I, I think it was an interesting thing to say. So if you guys have any feedback on what he means with that, or at least maybe your interpretation of it, centered.from.reality at gmail.com. So. And also I should note, just so people don't ask me, like this is not like a sad type of thing. It's more just really having fulfillment and experience and learning and growth and kind of professional growth as well. But it's also like an emptiness in other parts of life. So I just want to make it clear. This is not like me saying it's like a sadness type of thing. It's It's more just what you miss out on when you end up chasing new experiences and living in different places and meeting new people, but always having limited time there. Exactly. So that, that's what I mean. Anyways, let's get to the whole art thing. So let's start with the economist briefing report on this from this morning. It writes here, a painting by Gustav Klimt, an, Aust- an Austrian artist, which was last seen in public in 1925, has been found in Vienna. I'm going to stop for a second and just say, 1925. So this thing has been missing for about a hundred years and it's resurfaced, which is huge to me is kind of a, a, a quiet art fan here. But anyways, the economist writes portrait of Fraulein Leiser once belonged to the Leiser family, a wealthy Jewish family from Vienna. The current owners have had the painting in their family for the past 60 years. The painting is worth more than $54 million, and that's according to the M. Kimsky Auction House. BBC talks about how basically this family has had the painting since the 1960s, and the fate now of this painting is somewhat unclear. They're going, okay, this thing has been found, now what? And basically from what I understand, the portrait will now be up for auction on April 24th, And basically, this is a requirement, and they're going to do it on behalf of the owners and also the legal successors of the Leiser family that actually owned this back in the 20s in Vienna. By the way, total side note, 1925 Vienna. Honestly, I read the thousand-plus page book, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. You look into the social and political dynamics of Vienna in the 1920s and early 1930s. What a fascinating place to be. We have to remember that this was a liberal beacon, a progressive beacon in Central Europe. And The Economist, I remember, oh, probably half a decade ago, had such an amazing piece talking about how a lot of Germans and people like Hitler got radicalized after going to Vienna 
and feeling like outcasts in a progressive society. They felt like they didn't fit in when society was progressing and changing. And you hear just about how if you didn't feel like you fit in in kind of a changing Vienna, you also grew a disdain for the elites and the progressive classes and the Jews, for example, who were really prospering in Vienna at the time. So I, I like it would just be so fascinating to just really get more of a glimpse into that. So that's another reason why I think this really fascinates me and why when I saw this story this morning, I was like, I need to talk about this because just the time period where it was last seen, I think just just talks so much to me about what probably this family was like in Vienna that owned the picture and then what happened to them. Just so many questions out there to me. And anyways... So basically the portrait is going to be put up for auction on behalf of the successors of the Leisure family. And the reason why this has to happen is because of something called the Washington Principles. And basically, if I was to sum it up, the Washington Principles is an international agreement that was formed to return Nazi looted art to the descendants of the people they were taken from. And there's a really good Associated Press piece from, let me let me check when this was from, because it, it's not super recent. It was, here we go, oh, 2023, <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> you know, so about two months ago this came out. But anyways, the article writes here in quotes, by some estimates, the Nazis stole 650,000 works of art from 1933 to 1945 many from Jewish families who were arrested and then killed in concentration camps during the Holocaust. Some of the stolen pieces were created by some of the world's most heralded artists, including Van Gogh, Picasso, and Chagall. Now, this is... Actually, I'll, I'll read this next part and then get angry. Um, the, the article continues, The modern style of many of the pieces were deemed degenerate by Adolf Hitler. He ordered some destroyed while others he sold off to help finance his invasions across Europe. I've I've spent a lot of time in art museums. I don't talk about this much on the podcast, but it's there's something about works of art, not as much the medieval, very Christian-centric art. That, that doesn't appeal to me as much. And I guess when I say that, I mean kind of the Gothic to... Renaissance, mannerism, even maybe early Baroque era. Baroque was okay, but it was a little bit too just black and white. And of course, there were great people during that period, like El Greco, for example. But I really like that neoclassical, realist, impressionist, naturalist, expressionist, art nouveau, even up to futurism, Dadaism. Objectivism a little bit less, or new objectivism, I guess. But in th- like, I just find that there are just so many beautiful moments of art, even into surrealism, you know. And I've, I, I, I've been to you know, I've been to the Louvre in France and the Prado and the Reina Sofia. Um, Chicago's Art Institute is amazing. The Guggenheim, the Guggenheim in um, in Bilbao in northern Spain, like. I love just sitting in museums or art museums, which is probably surprising to some of you, but there's an emotion that it, that I love about it. And I love just staring off into a piece and just trying to envision what the artist was thinking and feeling when they did it. 
the emotion going to Amsterdam and seeing Van Gogh's museum, there's just so much there that connects to me. So something that really triggers me and really hurts my soul is reading about the Nazis deeming modern art degenerate, destroying it, taking it from Jewish families before they're sent to concentration camps, and also using it to finance invasions across Europe. To me, that is one of the worst parts of both communism and fascism, is a total disregard for civil society and culture and just human love and passion and heart. And these type of regimes just kill me when I think that they want to suck that out of a society. Because I think sometimes you can look at a picture, something that was drawn hundreds of years before it was even relevant, and still today people can look at it and feel something. To me it shows that the human experience and human emotion, no matter what epoch we are from and what we've been brought up in, we still can connect with something that someone did so long ago. I even think about one of my favorite surrealist pieces by Salvador Dali. It's in Chicago in the art institution. I have now gone there three times, and it is one of the ones that I go back to see. And this picture actually came out during the rise of fascism. And basically, the picture is called The Inventions of the Monsters. And basically... When the art institution acquired it, he wrote his congratulations and explained, in quotes, According to Nostradamus, the apparition of monsters presages the outbreak of war. The canvas was painted in the mountains near Vienna a few months before the Anschluss, which was the political union of Austria and Germany, and has a prophetic character. He talks about horsewomen equal maternity river monsters. Flaming giraffe equals masculine apocalyptic monster. Cat angel equals divine heterosexual monster. Hourglass equals metaphysical monster. Gala Andali equals sentimental monster. The little blue dog is not a true monster. You will have to look at this picture to understand what I mean, but I'm describing the things he put into the picture. And it's a very disturbing picture. And basically, this is the symbols and the inevitability of death. Um, Dali sits next to his wife in the picture, and as they're sitting there, basically this is when Catalonia, where he's from, part of northern Spain, was embroiled in the Spanish Civil War, and he felt anxiety over it, and I, I, I wrote this down because it was in the Art Institution of Chicago. It, it, it wrote, he felt great anxiety over a world without a safe haven, a world that indeed had allowed for the invention of monsters. And it gives me the chills even when I read that because I look at that picture and you almost feel the emotion of the Spanish Civil War and the rise of authoritarianism and fascism all happening at one time. So I've gone off on a a rant, but basically, yes. So (laughs) the, the, the Washington Conference principles on Nazi confiscated art was basically trying to develop a national and international consensus, non-binding principles, but an attempt to bring countries together to basically resolve issues related to Nazi-confiscated art. And, of course, the conference, according to the State Department, recognizes 
different nations have different legal systems and that countries act within their own context of their laws. But basically some points from this is that art has art that has been confiscated by the Nazis should be identified. Relevant records and archives should be open and accessible to researchers in accordance with the guidelines of the International Council on Archives. There should be personnel available to facilitate the identification of this art. Basically, every effort should be made to publicize art that has been found to have been confiscated by the Nazis. Nazis sorry. It also talks about how pre-war owners and their heirs should be encouraged to come forward and make known their claims to the art. Other stuff like that. And it also talks about how nations are encouraged to develop a national process to implement these principles. I think this is one of those... Th- those moments and things that I really genuinely like and it was good to see so anyways the reason I bring that up is sorry I've went in a lot of directions here <laughs> you, I, I just really get into talking about art and I guess I don't do it enough but basically that is why this piece is now going to go up to auction and before the auction the painting will be presented at various locations including the United Kingdom Switzerland Germany and Hong Kong and that is again according to the M. Kinski auction house And of course, I probably sound like Indiana Jones here. By the way, the new movie is quite good. But anyways, I probably sound like Indiana Jones here when I say, it belongs in a museum. Come on, kid, it belongs in a museum. And and that's where I feel about this, is that I genuinely think this belongs in a museum. Something like this, a time capsule. And I, I I recommend people look up this photo, or not photo, this portrait of Fraulein Leischer. Beautiful picture, really, really colorful, and... I'm just glad it came up, but it it does belong in a museum. Of course, the successors of the Leisure family can do what they want with it. That's the way this works, but my fingers are crossed that it does end up in a museum. And the M. M. Kinski um, auction house said in a statement in quotes here, a painting of such rarity, artistic significance, and value has not been available on the art market in Central Europe for decades. So I think that is really cool. And... Also, Ernst Ploil, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is the co-managing director of this art house, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but he said there's actually no evidence that this was looted or stolen during World War II. My thoughts would be that just during the chaos of World War II, it kind of slipped under the cracks or something happened, or, you know, when you're in a chaotic world war, you might lose a few portraits. And But thanks again to the Washington Principles, this international agreement, there's a there's basically a policy system in place that can allow a process to unfold so that this portrait could get either bought back by the successors of the leisure family, sold, put in the museum, whatever it may be. But anyways, Ernst Plull, who is the managing director of this auction house, he said something interesting to me. He said in quotes here, the painting is described as lost in all catalogs razones, the comprehensive lists of Klimt's work. In our circles, lost means probably destroyed, probably burnt during the war, but in any case, no longer in existence. It was not to be expected that it would ever reappear. And I, that is, with all the negativity in the world, everything going on, a piece that has not been seen in almost literally 100 years, 99 and a half years, that's been considered gone. The fact that they thought they, they'd already counted this great piece of work dead, gone, vanished from history, the fact that it's back and it's resurfaced, 
that is that is good news in the art world to me. That is good news in the art world to me. And um, I was going to talk a little bit about Israel and Palestine. But you know what? We're going to talk about it on Monday. Because, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like there's so much negative news out there. And I don't really want to end on a negative note. But I think it's really cool that a piece that's been missing for so long that was considered one of the lost catalogs is back. And with the destruction and just damage and hatred and trauma that the whole Nazi World War II era brought, it's nice to see that at least some of the art and some of the culture that was lost isn't gone forever. So anyways, let's end on that. So you can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. You guys know the rest. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. Adios. Adios.